Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In My Opinion. My name is John. My name is Lester. And joining us today, we have Brian. We have Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, want to do a self-introduction? Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm uh, the MD at TSL. So I'm the boss that you guys never ever see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is such a monumental day for John and I, by the way, because... I mean, John obviously still is working in TSL. I used to work in TSL. So Brian was the guy in charge of all of us. So it's actually quite interesting yes. to have him on the show for once that like, not as a boss, but as a guest. So but yeah, before man. we get into everything, uh, just a quick announcement. My finals is coming up. Uh, life is hard. So I, will, <laughs> I won't be able to get out these videos. I was looking at my schedule. I tried guys, but I cannot. I just physically can't unless I don't sleep. So... Uh, for the next three weeks, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break. Uh, hope you guys are okay with that. And I'll be coming back on 24th of November. I think it's 24th. I'm not very sure. But I think it's that, the Tuesday. So yeah. in the meantime, just go back and watch our other 37 episodes that I've put up. And I think yeah. you guys are quite fine. Then, then you're just, you're don't watch at two times speed. Just watch at normal speed. You'll make up for the lost time. La. Yeah, three is fine, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. Okay, anyway, enough yeah. waffling. Okay, but before that, one other thing that Alistair always forgets, okay? Please follow us on Instagram. We are on imo.pod on Instagram. Yes. And yeah, you know, since we have three uh, people affiliated with TSL on today, also go and follow TSL. La. Okay? <laughs> so just to give you all a, a little bit more of a background. So today's topic that we're going to be talking about, because Ryan is a pioneer in this, Okay, uh, we're going to be talking about the creative industry, and yes. it's something that I feel Alistair and I are deeply invested in. Yes. And yes, today we're going to be sharing about that. We not we might not be fantastic at it, but at least one of us within a tree is fantastic at it. So we'll get someone. We try. <laughs> we try, guys. <laughs> we try very hard. So with okay. that, why don't we just start with the first question, right? Um, yeah, man. So, uh, Brian. So in the creative industry, would you consider actually would you consider yourself more as like? a creative or do you consider yourself like a businessman first? Because I know when you first started TSL, you had to kind of be the writer, you had to be the photographer, you had to be everything. But then now that you can take a step back, would you rather be the businessman or do you think you are, still have a creative at heart? My, 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 my money is on businessman. So I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, love, I love creative pursuits. I love writing. I love uh, photography. I love doing videography and so on. Uh, but if I were to like, you know, how would I self-identify? It would definitely be by a businessman, yeah, and by a large margin, actually. Especially recently, or has this always been the backstory? Mm, I think okay. Well, you know, I do enjoy creative endeavors. Uh, for example, I, I love music a lot, right? But I know that you know I'm I'm not very good at music, and <laughs> uh, you know the whole thing about like being a starving artist, right? Well, if I was to do music and try to make a living as a music. I would starve lah. Confirm starve lah. Like, <laughs> starving. Um, so, yeah. well, I know I know that is not for me, yeah. uh, but I still really enjoy doing, you know, creative pursuits in my hobbies lah, as, as a hobby in my spare time. Um, nice. But, but yeah, I would, I try to focus in, on, on what I'm better at and I guess that's the business aspect. Mm. Mm. But I mean, when yes. you first started TSL, was it because you thought of it as a business venture or was it you thought of it as a creative side hobby that you wanted to get into? Mm. Well, I did not have a business plan when I started TSL. <laughs> uh, my idea was, okay, uh, I like writing, I like mm. doing photography, and 
and well, uh, how about like trying putting this all together and making the company and trying to make it work. And I guess the idea was, okay, I'm just going to try and create value. And then after I create value, well, it's quite an idealistic mindset I had last time. It was, you know, if I just could create value, then yeah, you know, maybe we'll get clients and advertisers and mm. you know, I thought that one day maybe we'll have an office for five people and I'll be very happy. <laughs> and yeah. that was kind of my, my oh. mindset back then. Mm. But I mean, okay, now, now it's multiples, like multiples and multiples of five. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so like <laughs> along the way, when do you start to realize, I mean, from what I see, you're like a very practical person, right? Like you're someone who like you obviously you like creative pursuits and you like art stuff, but at the same time you're someone who's like, okay, can this can this put food on my table? Cannot, so let's just forget it. So mm. like at what point did creative did TSL become like more of a business and you started had to think more practically than being like a floaty dream in your head? Mm. Well, I think like any boss of a company, you you don't get to do what you enjoy doing or want to do. You have to do what what you need to do. It's mm. sort, sort of like mm. a duty, which I think a lot of founders would have. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, you know, I really I really love going on media trips and traveling and stuff, but yeah. the frequency of that is about once every three years. So, <laughs> so when it happens, I'm very happy. Mm. But I mean, is it when you first, I mean, I, I can just imagine like the first employee that you hired probably was like the the time where you went like okay i need to get my shit together now <laughs> like got someone <laughs> under me now so do you still remember the first employee you hired in this creative industry well i well well that would be chris if it's the first employee um oh shit. okay i didn't know that. yeah yeah well <laughs> i think he was the second uh, but he was the first employee who stayed with us <laughs> okay. Uh, and okay okay chris, i was very relieved when chris joined because yeah, finally, I there was somebody who could do like a competent editing work, and it was something which I was. I don't think I'm like super good at editing or at writing. I think my relative strength is probably uh, entrepreneurship and maybe ideation. Yeah. So, I wanted to focus on my relative strength, and I was very very happy when you know uh, when we whenever we have like talented people who come along and can take over something. I think it's quite interesting, right? I mean, like even as a it is like I mean you don't get to see this sort of thing in TS when you're in TSL, like. A lot of people just think of TSL as like some some company that exists, but you never had to really think about yeah like how it like came like about. the existential questions, right? You yeah, know, I was just saying that like like I think it's really interesting because from our talk with like Tian Hao, right? So I realized that this is actually a very um like you mentioned, the bosses of the media companies do have to consider all these things very deeply. So especially with, when the groups get bigger yeah. and you know frivolous pursuits which uh, unfortunately also is part of the business model yeah. have to take a back seat to business you know what I mean to yeah. business decisions which makes a lot of sense yeah and I mean we'll be talking a lot more about TSL specifically in the next episode with Brian about entrepreneurship mm. so stay tuned for that one but for this one we'll just yeah, move man. on I mean you, you you talked a little bit about how Chris managed to come in and like uh, take over a huge part of like editing and everything that you feel like he's a lot better at so in that vein, like what do you think as like a boss who like hires obviously? I mean Brian was in an interview when I was getting interviewed for an internship. So Oh he didn't interview me, so Oh he didn't interview you. <laughs> I was so scared. I think he was busy. I was terrified. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like so uh as a creative in the industry or like an artist, what do they have to do to survive? Like what are some of the skills or like important traits that you look out for when you're hiring people, whether for TSL or for any other thing? Mm. how to join TSL wait hang on 
Okay, if the question is like how to join TSI, what we look out for, yeah. right? Uh, the, your portfolio has, has to be very strong. Mm. So if your portfolio mm. is strong enough, you will confirm get an interview. Yeah. Uh, and well, you have to show us, let's say if you're applying for a role as a creative, you will have to show us a strong photography mm. portfolio. Yeah. And if it, it will also be good if you can, you know, at least do like basic videography. Yeah. And then, mm. well, we'll try and teach you the rest. Mm. So will you say yeah. that, let's say, but, if let's say a general creative or an artist, right, who wishes to work in the media industry, that portfolio is everything? I think from a company perspective, that's what like the hiring manager is going to look at. Is they're going to look at how you're going to contribute to the company through your mm. portfolio. I mm. think if you do want to go and survive in the media industry in general, yeah. it's a it's a bit different. I feel that, you know, I feel like some people are, you know, maybe curious in the sense that, you know, they have this very uh, signature style and they mm. don't want to change that style. Yeah. Right? Um, yes. And I do feel that, you know, for people like, for artists like that, well, I don't think there's anything wrong, but there's there's a lot of variance like, because uh, it could be such that, you know, your style is something which works in the current trend, right? Mm. Uh, for example, Murad Osman, right? That guy who does the follow me Instagram pictures. Mm. Yeah. Right. You know, it, or like, um, like I think in Singapore, there's also this pastel photographer called Nu Wang, right? Uh, so Wang. it's like their style, like, it kind of works, you know, uh, because, well, it, it just happens to work in this, in this era, right? Yeah. But, um, but there are also people, who, you know, that style did not work in the era that they were doing, uh, that they were in. For example, um, Vincent Van Gogh, right? He, he, well, he, he died broke and unfamous. Mm. And <laughs> only after he got famous, then, you know, his work became very valuable, but that was, you know, posthumous, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and it's not his fault. It just, it just happened to be, you know, that at that time, in that era, right? It, his work yeah. wasn't appreciated, mm-hmm. right? So mm. it becomes so, so dependent on something external. Yeah. So I think it's very important for creatives mm. to adapt to the world that they are currently in. And mm. well, which it, it may mean like changing their work slightly, mm. like mm. to pander more to maybe the mainstream masses. Mm. But mm. I guess it's, you know, it's a balance that they have to, to find and it's something that they have to be comfortable with. Mm. Mm. I, think, I think that's very important, being adaptable. Because after mm. all, besides being an artist, you want to not starve. <laughs> right, You'll, and that's, be the, nice that's the part you have to be adaptable to fulfill. Would be nice. Would be nice. Would be nice to not stop. <laughs> yeah, would be nice to not die. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was, I'll think that like for someone who is in the, especially in art school. Okay, I'm, I'm not an arts person. I'm not. I didn't go to art school. I don't. John never mm. went to art school. So for us to adapt to a more corporate style that's a bit more, uh, a bit more applicable to clients who they might like, they might like this video styles a little better. For us, it's a lot easier because we never. We were never taught a certain style of art. You can mm. just kind of pick it up while in on the job. But I'm just thinking like from the perspective of a university student who was from ADM or let's say a poly student who studied uh, videography or arts or film mm. or whatever, mm. it might be a little bit difficult and like they might think it's like this certain style of video is a bit contrived, right? Like they might think that like, oh, um, corporate style videos are so dumb. Like they are so easy. They're so one track whatever ever so like personally Brian do you feel like um, do, do you think that there's it's a big problem for people who come from art school because I mean DSL hires all bunch of people like including me yeah. I didn't have any experience at all so do you see like a very clear difference between these employees like people who came from art school and people who didn't yeah, actually, this is quite a good point because, you know, recently we did an episode with Annette, you know, and she she kind of did brought, bring this up about how yeah. working in the creative and media industry is very, it's very, very different from what she she does from her education ADM, 
Yeah. So what do you think? I think when you go into the working world, you would have to adapt your skill set to whatever your company is looking for. So, well, it's very important to choose, I guess, the correct industry. Uh, and there are mm. trade-offs with every industry. So, for example, mm. well, if you're looking to like, you know, do work that you enjoy, be it design work, creative work, and you also want to make a, a lot of money, that is actually, and not staff, right? That's actually very possible, but there are only like, you know, very specific industries you have to join. Mm. Right. For example, one industry would be tech. You know, if you are like a UX designer at a tech company, you get paid a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So I guess it's just it's choosing the industry to fit your objective and not hoping that the industry bends to your will. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a creative, like, we always have this like very idealistic sense when we go in. Like, I mean, I also went through this phase. I'm quite sure John went through this phase as well, where like we'll go oh my god, this video shouldn't have been done this way or like this thing shouldn't have been done this way. I'll do it my own way. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not rebellious. <laughs> I was like that, guys. I'm so sorry. But like, I was like, I'll do it my own way and then somehow people will wake up and then they will understand that my way is better. But then yeah. eventually I'm like, wait a minute, maybe not. So I think, I think it's about like being humble, right? Like being able to uh, understand what your client wants, being able to understand who yeah. your audience is. Because I th- I think like a lot of arts people they might they might including myself like they might not be very aware on like who their target audience is and what they actually look out for. So there's some things mm, that they just mm, mm, some mm. people just won't get one. Like whether you use a white shirt or not, some people just honestly don't give a shit. And there's some. Yeah, hey, this is very true. Eh? I I find this very this is a very important point, especially for people who are very passionate about about their craft. Right, they are sometimes as a result of that passion, they kind of restrict themselves in terms of what they think is considered creativity in terms of what is considered a good piece of work mm. you know and yeah. in that case it, it, it falls into the category of being rigid and it becomes very problematic you know especially if you're trying to it becomes miserable in in, in a work sense and that's that that's never you know that's always a creative killer so it really spirals quickly out of control but okay yeah. this one this one I, I i i like the next question that you have prepared so i, I do want to ask brian so brian what yes. do you do you think do you think that people are getting less receptive towards branded content now that because they are more aware of its existence like people be like oh you know it's another ad you know I think that people don't like the fact that they are essentially the the product, right? If mm. yeah. well, whenever you have a non-paying service, they, I guess people do not like the fact that they are the product. But mm. I think they have also kind of accepted it. That's the way you know you get free service. That's the way you get free stuff. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think I believe that people don't hate ads; they just hate bad ads. So uh, you look at Thai commercials, for example, right? Yeah. Or mm. maybe even look at sites like the Work Salary Man. Mm. I think they do a fantastic job, you know, educating people financially, right? And, yeah. you know, I'm not going, like, just because it's an ad, I'm not going to, like, hate it, no. Uh, I, I think they still produce great content. And, mm. uh, well, I think people are also getting more skilled, like, well, companies are getting more skilled at doing this. Mm. And, well, some companies aren't. Yeah, so it is very important like, for the traditional companies to, you know, try and adapt and be able to create branded content uh, but mm. I, I think you know as long as you're creating good site content which adds value to readers whether it is like you know making them laugh for example like a lot of the uh, humor meme uh, like pages out there right? at Farrah. Maybe, <laughs> exactly right <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I thought I, I love that ad by the way I thought it yeah, was it's like, amazing. Really, really different on that vein I think like there are a lot of I, I, the reason why I put it, I, the reason why I put this like uh, question in was because I think in the past people were a lot more 
impressed when uh, ads, when like articles come out and they, they read it and then they realize, oh wait, it's an ad. And like they never mm. noticed that it was an ad. But nowadays people will read an article, they'll be like, oh, okay, okay, this article is cool. And then they find out that it's an ad. And then they'll be like, oh, CN is an ad. Like I've, that's why I feel like is the shift in the mindset. So like, is that something that you constant like you consciously think about, or I think you think you still go by the philosophy that like if the article is good, no one's gonna care, isn't it? Well, I think there will be a probably there will be a, a disconnect uh, with readers if, for example, the article promises to be this right uh, in the title, and you know it's kind of like it becomes clickbait of some sorts. Yeah. And then you actually read the article and they realize that, oh my God, like this is not what I wanted to click <laughs> in on this for, you know, yeah. just being exposed to an ad. Mm. So I think that, well, it, we, we, when we run ads and, you know, our team has made this mistake before, right? So it's always like, okay, you know, like how can we not make this uh, mistake again? You know, how can we make sure that we give the readers a, a genuine experience? Like? So it's something mm. that we, well, we actively look out for. Because I feel that, yeah, you know, the moment you do this, you can only do it like so many times before you start losing your readers. Mm. Like, and it leads to brand erosion. So, well, we're quite quite careful to like not oversell things or like to not do anything which might be perceived as misleading. Mm-mm. On the topic of like overselling, I think I, I, I we interviewed Sean Fu, the founder of The Street People and also oh, a fellow TSL person yes. in TSL Thailand right now. So... Uh, I, I actually asked him one question about like branded content and advertising with regards to because uh, he has a very clear message with he wants to you know spread like the gay rights activism etc etc so uh, I mean for you for TSL there's no activism at least not that much so it's but there's a very clear um, message that you want to send which is like lifestyle content so uh, is is it some like how do you ma- how do you manage to balance like them trusting you as a source of information ah. and also allowing advertisements to come in because yeah I mean that's something that I've always wondered like what's that is there like a magic formula is there like uh, something that you keep in mind or is it just a gut feeling kind of thing well I, I feel that in order to have brand trust you always have to have an organic section an organic department in whatever content or publisher publisher that you are in and yeah. this content will not be influenced in any way by any advertorial mm. content so mm. we have this for eBook, MS News, TSL, and it's specific design so that, you know, we are always going to be able to create good content mm. for, for readers, you know, independently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one, 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 one hallmark of like TSL's like content because we always, I always remember this from the, from way back in the day also about how we want to provide like a native voice so that it's not just you know, people just looking at advertisements and people actually come for us, come to us for our content and then and then we make the ads for the other things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you gain your brand reputation from the organics and then based on that, people might be able to trust you more on the ads as well. Uh, there you go. I mean, this might be a sensitive question, but like, do you, f- like, have you ever actually turned down ads? Oh. Yeah, of course. Uh, we've turned down ads where, you know, the brand value... Doesn't, isn't aligned with ours, the brand values. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, I, you know, if you if you care about the quality of your content, it's something that you have to do, which means that, yeah, you are going to be turning down money, mm. um, but it is important uh, to preserve your brand values. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that's incredibly difficult to do, especially now during COVID, right? Like, I mean, the creative industry as a whole has been suffering because you can't travel. 
there's a lot of things you can't do. And you no can't bar. lifestyle and you can't events. You can't anything. There's only five <laughs> people. So like, like life, life is hard, especially if you're in the creative industry. So the next question that I actually have that actually leads up quite well to it is that, uh, do you feel like COVID have actually changed the media industry's like approach to creating content? And do you feel like that approach, will it like stay past COVID? Do you think like it has completely changed or is it just like uh, during yeah. this time, it'd be like that? But then after that, we're going to go back to normal. Initially from, well, I'll talk, first I'll talk about the behind the scenes perspective. Right? Yeah. So initially when COVID first came out, there was a lot of new regulations and like safety measures. And mm. well, what I thought would happen would mean, yeah, you know, productions, the production crew were a lot smaller. There are a lot less permissible people to be on set and so on. Mm. And yeah. I thought that, yeah, this would incur costs for all the film production houses and so on and make the whole more expensive and then this cost will be passed down to you know throughout the industry right so yeah. that's my initial thought uh, after you know but yeah I, I feel that uh, IMDA and um, the organizations out there they are they've worked like quite proactively together to try mm-hmm. and solve this issue mm-hmm. so it's it's much much better now mm-hmm. and they have lax the regulation while you know still practicing safety distancing measures and whatnot. Yeah. So from a technical perspective, I'm not, not as worried as much anymore, you know, that there will be a lot of incremental costs. Uh, I don't think there will be. Hmm. Um, yeah. But in terms of like, uh, well, the content that is created, yeah. we definitely have to adapt and now create content for a post-COVID world. Mm. So, I mean, for food, that means like, you know, recipes is going to be more in demand, for example. Oh, okay. I mean, John, you're in TSL, so like, yeah. Have you, perso- do you personally feel the shift when COVID came? No, I, I, I definitely felt the shift. And I think that like, um, like this is, this COVID-19 situation, right? It's such a interesting, um, how to say, I want, I, I can't find, for the lack of a better word, it's like a human, human-wide, humanity-wide experiment on adaptability. <laughs> because true, get this, get this, uh, it's, it's not been a year yet, right? And our world has changed so much. Eh. And like, I think that's how quickly, that's a, that's a very clear indicator of how quickly the world has changed because of something like a pandemic. Yeah. So personally, right, I don't think that, you know, now that the world has adapted and found new ways to continue to create content, firstly, I don't think we can... Uh, safely say we will revert back to the world will not revert back to the old normal and the second thing is this new normal is going to be a mix of both because you see now the world knows that uh, digital stuff is as in uh, video conferencing interactions right used to be undesirable but people are becoming used to it now mm, mm, mm. right and like events and all that kind of things are starting to get people are getting used to it i mean the numbers are surely still growing yeah but people are used to it so it's going to be you know a mix of both so what's going to happen is i my optimistic view of the future is that uh there's going to be great growth in 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 all industries in the future once the once the vaccine comes out because now service can be provided in person and, and online. virtually. Oh shit, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so it's like a like a two, two-pronged mixed approach. That's the optimistic view, you know, but yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah, mm. but that's therein lies the opportunity, you see. So like, yeah. we don't just talk about the creative and the media industry, but like, yeah, suddenly we discovered that the internet is the platform already. We don't need anything else. It's true, eh. But I mean, yeah. personally, when I when COVID first started, like my first, my first thought was like, how am I going to do IMO every week? Now that I can't <laughs> film in person, I'm like, God damn it, guys. Like, we're screwed. And then, like, I immediately started, like, we started researching and everything. Then we found found this system that worked for us. Ah. Yeah. But, like, 
I also noticed that like personally, I see suddenly everyone has a podcast and everyone has a live stream like suddenly overnight. And I, as a, someone who started a podcast since like the start of the year or like even last year, right? Then I'm just thinking like to myself, like goodness, like suddenly this is the new thing and eh? like long form content is the new thing. Suddenly online, yeah. online like live streaming is a new thing. Twitch suddenly went crazy. So yeah. I think uh, I think the creative industry is going to change. La, but uh, but I mean, once travel reopens, I'm quite sure a lot of the past content is going to reinstate back. Like people it, will still want- It will want. return. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure people will still enjoy these new things that have been created out of mm. out of COVID. Like I give you an example, okay. I feel that one industry that will, that has been changed completely that will never ever go back to the same is the food delivery industry. Oh, that's true. Like now with the with the giant influx from 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 COVID, people are gonna keep still doing that because they have now reaped and enjoyed the convenience. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing goes to like trends, right? Like, so as a creative person, you have to be able to read the trends. You have been able to understand like how people think. And also, unfortunately, because we are on a platform, you also have to understand how the algorithm works, how the platform works, how yeah. the people on the platform think. And because of this whole thing, we might feel that like, oh, we are just, the, we are slave to our environment, right? Like we are just, mm. we're just trying to read the trends and sometimes you get it wrong, sometimes you get it right. But it's, we feel like, very out of control. So that's actually where my next question actually comes in. Like, do you <laughs> feel like, like as someone who's in the creative industry, do you sometimes feel that you're a slave to the trends and algorithms? And if you don't, like, how can one, how can like a creative person like me or like anyone else watching this video do to overcome that? I feel that we, we have to play the rules of whatever game that we are playing. And this game that we are playing right now is we are in a, um, well, a capitalist society. And Therefore, there is an exchange of value. And mm. therefore, well, you have to do something which has high perceived value if you want to move up the hierarchy, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think we, we are just slaves to the platforms, but we are also like kind of like slaves to the, to the readers as well. Mm, because mm, mm. Uh, there has to be like some, you know, arbiter of content which decides, okay, this is content which people want to see. And right now that is like, a, most of it is the readers and then after that it's yeah. the platforms, right? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. How, how, what kind of percentage would you say that be, you know? Mm. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to give a good estimate. I think that yeah, m more so the the readers actually, more so the readers, because there is quite a lot of uh, competition between other platforms, and they would naturally have to adapt the algorithm in a way which services the readers. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, like, imagine. Yeah. So sometimes you would create. You know, you you would have to just create content which appeals to the lowest common the denominator, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is why you know humorous content tends to do well because. Humor is universal. Yeah, like everyone is. can, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, where you are, what language you speak, mm -hmm. you are going to understand humor. But has there been ever been any situation in the history of TSL where the <laughs> algorithm has been an unfair unfair Greek god working Basically, in the shadows has to algorithm smite us up? <laughs> the humans? <laughs> I think that's a very good question. Uh it, 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 it happens a lot of the time because, you know, there, there are videos that we are very proud of and we spend a lot of time doing uh, and creating and then we realize that, you know, like, it doesn't do well on, on and we feel yeah. very, very demoralized when that happens and we say, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, what did we do? So, an example of this was recently uh, the National Day video that we, we filmed. Yeah. Well, I thought we put quite a lot of effort uh, mm -hmm. to create the song and yeah. uh, do the video, but, uh, well, my, my takeaway from that is uh, it's not that, you know, hey, 
the algorithm. I hate you. No, it, my takeaway is like, you know, damn it. Uh, we probably could have done some things a lot better to appeal yeah. to, the, to the algorithm. Mm. That, that would be my takeaway because I think that there's enough overlap here that, you know, you can still create content that you are very proud of within the boundaries of, yeah, this mm. is also going to do very well on social media. Mm. And it's about, you know, finding that, that overlap. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever feel like comfortable? Because like, from what I see, it, seem, it sounds like you're like daily on sites like searching and seeing what goes viral and then you realize that some shit has changed and then like it, it like life life has like turned upside down and then some things that you think used to work now no longer works and then you just like it's just chaos. He has six screens. Everyone and like they're all monitoring different things. Correct. <laughs> what, a, what a scene guys you haven't seen it right? What an amazing sight. Yeah. But, but like I'm just Im- I'm just imagining like do you ever feel comfortable with what you're producing or do you always feel like the next day, some something's gonna change, and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to like change something immediately. Well, I I'm not I'm not anxious. I'm not I'm not like uh, worried about the future because I know when the future comes, we'll be able to adapt and change. Mm. And yeah, and I, I yeah, you know, like even like you know, COVID, like as what John said earlier on, it is essentially a well, it's sort of a way to kind of test and uh, see who is able to adapt, right? In mm. in some in some ways. Yeah. So mm, I think it is yeah it's important to not be complacent and to just always be aware to be looking out looking uh, beyond Singapore as well uh, to what other you know what content performs well in other countries mm. and then mm. trying to bring some of that to Singapore and so on. Yeah, I mean for people who don't know TSL is in Thailand right now. TSL is in still got a lot more. You go and search uh, the smart local in Instagram right there a lot will pop up. Ah, uh, then you go and click all. You go and, and click all. Go and follow yeah. all. TSL is moving out internationally. So you guys might be seeing TSL in other countries soon. So with that, John, do you have any other closing questions for this very, very cool topic? Wow. Okay. So I think the industry as a whole has always been uh, very giving towards me. So I'm very, very, very grateful to, to towards that. But at the same time, like I think, you know, uh, I, I, I want to take this opportunity to maybe uh, try to get some advice from Brian, especially, right? Uh, if let's say you were to give a piece of advice to our creative freelancers, which are oh, yeah. you know more or less their own thing, right? What would be something that you would tell them? Because I think this is a, this is an especially trying period for freelancers, and freelancers, um, yeah, essentially shake get, get shaken up the most. What's one piece of advice you would have for them? Okay, maybe it'll be to experiment relentlessly because, uh, well, you you want to stand out from the crowd, essentially, whenever you're creating content, right? Uh, be it as an artist or a photographer and whatnot. And, well, it means doing new things that other people are not doing, right? So if you're the first, mm. for example, to come with like a very cool pistol feed, you know, and you mm. find out you yeah. know, that theme works for you, right? Then, mm. boom, you are, you are suddenly, you know, you are in your own, you are in a way, like in, in your own league because you are the only one who's doing it and you offer this new cool thing which, you know, other people cannot offer. So, mm. and you only get to that point by experimenting and you're going to probably fail a lot first before you succeed and that's mm. okay. Like, know that it's okay and if anything, you are just, well, you're increasing, you're upskilling yourself in some way and you're learning yeah. what works and what doesn't. Mm. Mm. I mean, mm. on that, like, I mean, the whole failing and like, res- and succeeding, especially as a business, we're going to cover a lot more in the next episode on entrepreneurship. So if you can look forward to that, for now, I think this is a wonderful way to end it, right? I think I learned a lot about yeah, the man. creative industry. And we're going to cut the cameras right now and we're going to film the second episode. 
So, <laughs> so awkward. So yeah, Alistair, thank you for on. watching. But uh, yeah, thank you, Brian, for for, Wait, for sharing Brian some insight question, on, right? on the creative industry. Yeah. Wait, sorry, do yeah. you have any any final words you would like conclude. to say, Brian? Yes, I do because I don't know. I, I guess like I don't know. This question sounded. This sorry, my answers may have sounded a bit negative. So I want to try and instill some positivity here. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, okay. So, uh, well, you know, like you know, you mentioned that you know we are all like slaves to the algorithm and whatnot. And yeah. I think one thing to consider is. What is the alternative to that? You know, if we weren't slaves to the algorithm, to the platforms and our readers, then would the alternative be the platform and the readers are slaves to us? Meaning that you know we just create any content and any content we create becomes valuable, mm. and it doesn't really make sense uh, to me, right? Because mm. like what is valuable then will lose its meaning, mm. right? So right now the current world that we are in, uh, yeah, there's like a natural invisible hand of supply and demand which kind of affects things according to uh, the readers' interest and engagement level. Yeah, um, mm. but there is there is definitely a positive. It's like if you want to be like a, be maybe like a game changer of some sorts, right? I still think that it is possible. Uh, mm. It is just well, it is just riskier and it's harder, but it's definitely possible. So, for mm. example, you feel that you know Singapore is lacking a, uh, like a good platform where you know you can show documentaries of people and yeah. feature very interesting profiles, mm. right? Then you know you might decide to create a a platform like OGS, for example, right? And they're doing very good work, right? Yeah. Mm. Same thing for memes right you might want to make people's life uh, every day just be a bit better right and you're the first to do it right and you become as get right and all mm, like yeah. comics you know educate people financially and it's a lot harder it's, there's a lot more risk because it's never been done before and you are like the pioneer and you're probably going to have to do a lot of th- things to cost correct yes. know, but sometimes it works out well and it is possible to like maybe change the algorithm a bit or and then you know what happens the the algorithm becomes updated and then, like the people in the future, like people in the future are now kind of like semi slaves to the algorithm that you have created because now this thing sort of ah. thing works, and then the cycle just continues. That's true. Um, yeah, but <laughs> something interesting to think about. Mm. But I think it is possible. I mean, mm. I, I mean, at the end of it, I think it's just like, uh, just do what you like, do what you believe is giving value for yeah. the people. Try to change and adapt to what people have like commented and like from like the views and like any other constructive criticism that people give you. And then eventually, yeah. if you work hard enough, things might work out your way. And if you do it long enough and you are patient enough. So, I mean, for... I, I, I mean, I, I'm not successful by any means, but like for, even for HTHT, I uploaded HTHT Joyce in March last year and it only started increasing in views to like 100k in like December. So like, mm. it took six months of it just being there and just... Like sitting there for not for no for like for no one to watch until suddenly somehow <laughs> the algorithm decided that hey this is now valuable and then now it just it just suddenly boomed so like I think it's mm. a lot about patience as well I'm not saying like yeah. be stubborn and just stick to whatever you are doing and not change at all but like at the same yeah. time if you really believe in what you're doing and there are enough people believing in what you're doing just work hard at it and something sometimes things might. And you definitely need a bit of luck as well, right? This is something you never really know. So if mm. you have all that, you it might work out for you guys, lah. Not that correct. And I think my main takeaway, my my main takeaway will have to be that um, besides being creative in your product, you must be creative in your approach. Oh yeah. You know, and um, that's where that's where the the true test comes, especially if your intention is to is to monetize your your content. Mm. Yeah. And that being said, we have come to the end of this episode. Yes. <laughs> so if you have any more questions about the creative industry, you can just leave them in the comments below. Uh, 
you know, drop us a comment on Instagram and whatever, and then we'll try our best to give you a best answer. But if we don't know, we can always consult Brian again, and then he can give us our insight, man. Because, <laughs> yeah, talk to the experts. We're just here to give you all the entertainment. Can telegram <laughs> him. But yes. yes. I'll, I'll be consulting you guys instead, actually, maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brian, that's not happening anytime soon. But thank you for... By the way, yes. you know, mm. hey, I just, I just want to say that, you know, I think that what you and John are doing uh, for your channel is fantastic. And I hope, you know, you guys continue doing this. Thank, thank you, you, Brian. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah. But, and thank you so much for coming on our show. Yes. So, it's always yeah. great to have... Happy have, to me, have yeah. Familiar faces coming to us. In fact, next week is going to have another one. Not next week, but the next time we upload. <laughs> I see. Next time you see this video will be another one, but we immediately filming after this lah. So, just pretend we like we did it another day, okay, guys? Give me a. Thank break. you for watching, guys. We are going to even <laughs> be right. wearing the same clothes and everything. So pretend you see us next week. So see you next week. <laughs> see you next week, guys. Bye. <laughs> Not next week. Bye -bye. Next time. Bye. -bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>